Hello, I'm Craig Constantine. Welcome to the Movers Mindset Podcast, where I talk with movement enthusiasts to find out who they are, what they do, and why they do it. My guests today are Alice Popejoy, Gabby St. Martin, and Adrian Tumayan. Welcome, ladies. How are you this afternoon, morning? We're spread across the country. Don't all talk Good. at once. Craig, thanks so much for having us. Thank you, Craig. Really excited to be here. Yep, it's it's a good um, just afternoon over here in California, so mm. we're having a good time. It's sunny. I, yeah, Alice has her camera like pointed out the window, torturing us all. It's, it's, it was sunny. What happened? It was sunny where I am, but now it's dreary. Like, oh, there'll be a tornado any minute. Um, so to people listening today, uh, I want to start, we're going to start talking about the women's parkour movement. That's what we're, where we're going to begin. I have no idea where we're going. That's all part of the fun. So I want to start by saying since 2010, the women's parkour movement annual gathering has brought practitioners together from across the globe to share their voices and their movement with one another. From teaching workshops and sessions to designing the t-shirts and posters, it is an event conceived, organized, and executed by women within the community every step of the way. And I think we should probably start by doing some housekeeping. So if anybody listening just went, wait, what? This was previously known as the North American Women's Parkour Gathering. Same ideas, different name. You'll get over it. In addition to the name, while we're doing housekeeping, dear listeners, you also need to learn a new acronym, which I have on a giant pink post-it note, WPKM. And we may as well do the domain name too, right? Womensparkourmovement.org. O-R-G. Did I miss anything? Uh, we are also Women's Parkour Movement on Instagram. We have a Discord channel. Um, we're on Facebook. You can find us under that same name on all the social platforms. <laughs> awesome. Um, two minutes and oh, 14 Craig, seconds. Could I, I put, could I put one can. housekeeping thing out there? If you've ever found yourself on the Jump Like a Girl website, which is a subset of the Women's Parkour Movement uh, womensparkourmovement.org website. Um, and it tells you to email me at a particular Gmail account that I haven't really checked in many years. And I know there were at least eight emails from women from all over the world saying, I'm the only one where I live doing parkour. Do you know anything? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to get back to these ladies. We haven't built the platform yet. We had plans many years ago to have a board and have connect people online from all over. But I never responded. So I want to just take this opportunity to apologize from the bottom of my heart. If you're one of those women who sent that email and never heard back from me, that's totally my bad. And I, I just, I want to apologize. So we're going to revamp that. Um, don't email that email address. Maybe we can change that. Sorry. I've a lot on my to-do list. Anyways, thanks, Craig. Appreciate that. That was cathartic for me. You're very welcome. And that's a great point to make. I don't know how um, a lot of times the Movers Mindset episodes, I call them like slow burn. I put them out. It's like crickets. Nobody listens, <laughs> but they wind up, you know, like uh, some of like 1100 downloads, like they, they creep up. So people will maybe listening quite in the future. And it's nice to know that um, maybe not nice to know that you're not perfect, but nice to know that you guys own up to mistakes or oversights or trying to always improve. 
Well, it's also I, a good reminder that this is a volunteer effort across the board. Mm. Um, everyone involved in women's parkour movement is volunteering their time and everyone gets busy sometimes. We have more people involved and less people involved at different periods. So, um, you know, at, as all volunteer run efforts go, um, sometimes initiatives um, don't get as much attention at different times. <laughs> Looks like the t-shirt initiatives happened. Where are the, um, I can't remember the name of the platform. Bonfire. Bonfire. B-O-N-F-I-R-E dot. Dot com, com slash W-P-K-M. Yeah. I think there I might, might be hyping Twitter. It. Yeah. <laughs> Women's parkour movement on bonfire.com. You notice I'm hesitant to say domain names until I'm sure they're right. <laughs> if you say I'm wrong. Bonfire.com slash WPKM hyphen 2022. <laughs> Perfect. Um, Alice is holding one up, but Alice, we're not recording video. Dale, that shirt I is know, really I'm just awesome. I'm showing you, Craig. I'm showing you. Oh, no, you I, it. I've, been, I've been doing research for the last two hours. I've seen the website. I found, I found everything. Um, but yeah, they're really cool. Um, I, I emailed the direct link to a few people, and I'm like, ooh, new parkour swag. Um, I'm off on a tangent. I'm notorious. The question, I actually have a question that I wanted to start with for today is... Um, Whenever you have a space, like a, a conceptual space, you know, physical platform or, you know, some sort of online space or a real world space, if you're involved heavily in that space, I think you, you're always torn between, do I try to encourage people to come into the space? Do I focus on the people who are already in the space or, <clears throat> or do I like try to make even more space by like moving out of the way and like creating an invitation for somebody else to fill the gap? Uh, so, and I'm not sure that those are the only three possibilities. Maybe you're thinking of four, five, six, and seven. Um, but in places where I have been in non-parkour context, where I have been in a space where I've had some sort of leadership role, that always felt like a real tough choice. Do I step off the stage to make an opening for somebody else? And then, well, what if the people who step in that aren't the people that I think should be there? Those kinds of things. So I'm wondering if you've thought about like, you know, you're kind of standing in the swimming pool that you're trying to affect. If you've thought about how your choice is about what you choose to do versus do you choose to be off to the side or, you know, are you focusing on encouraging others to come in? Or are you focusing on the people who have already found the opportunities? Um, I'm just wondering what your thoughts are around that. Sure. Sure. So I can start. Um, I mean, in terms of running the event, which is the main thing that women's parkour movement is focused on. Um, we are actually sort of the second generation of leaders. Well, more than that, really. So Caitlin Puntrella um, is the person who created this um, way back when. And um, she always worked with local leaders. The event moves to different cities um, around North America each year. And she always brought local leaders up um, and had them kind of take ownership of the event. And we, um, and uh, Caitlin has since handed off leadership of the event. Um, it now lives under Parkour Visions as a, as our fiscal sponsor, um, which is an organization based in Seattle. And um, we are the leaders kind of caretaking this event this year. Um, and I realized we have not uh, shared the details yet. So yes, the event that we are focused on right now is this year, November 11th to 13th in Sacramento, California. And we are super excited about hosting it in California. Um, that is the backyard of Gabby and Alice. I am helping from afar on the East Coast. 
Um, but yeah, so we, we do try to kind of bring other people in through rotating the location and our doors are always open to anyone who wants to get involved, um, in the event and, and other ideas for women's parkour movement. What are you thinking, Gabby? You um, look like you're about to jump in. I am. No, um, something that I think tends to happen a lot with me is when I do fall into leadership positions, I'm always looking for an opportunity to facilitate more opportunities to the people that we're, we're leading. And this event specifically is facilitating an opportunity for women to find a place to train with more women. Um, just like when I'm helping organize the community in San Francisco, I am facilitating a space for people to come train together. And that's ultimately what, what my goal is here with the WPKM is to bring a space for women to come train together. And that's what's exciting about it. So, I can say Allison, from my perspective, yeah, oh, go ahead. <laughs> um, so for me, uh, when I learned about parkour, I had been doing for probably my whole life what I at that point referred to as freestyle walking, um, climbing trees, like jumping off things, like just being a random dork. I thought was just like the only person in the world who was that silly and crazy who was female. Um, and then my friend, we, I was bar hopping in Oakland with some friends from Sacramento. I'm from Sacramento, it's my hometown. And uh, she's like, oh my gosh, you should do parkour. And I'm like, what is that? She's like, it's like what you do. I saw it on the office, but it's like a real thing. I'm like, you're lying. There's not really people who do freestyle walking like as a real thing she's like oh no it's real so i looked it up and i was living in dc at the time and there was um american parkour academy at primal fitness in dc like 0.8 mile from my house mm. in dc i was like okay i literally have to go but of course it was like five months until i called because i was so nervous um but i called and there was this guy named matt <laughs> named um knox who answered the phone and we just chatted my whole lunch break you know like it was so cool and i had skateboarded but not really He's like, yeah come in this and that so i came in and mark Turok was there and we just hit it off it was just the best time and it blew my mind travis who's my first coach was like yeah, you can just go and play on anything in here. I'm like, you're out. You're kidding me. I get to go to the top of that. I can just go and just do whatever. He's like, uh-huh. And I'm like, yes. And for just like a straight hour for all of Open Gym, I just be by myself and just doing my thing. So I really like to train alone and away from people. So it's really uncomfortable for me to be in big groups of people, let alone like big groups of women. It's just like, I don't know. It's a, it's not a thing. But, but for me, what I found, even though I'm like not that comfortable always in big groups, especially doing parkour is that when you have all these women together training all these strong bodied women there's this aura around the entire group that expands what feels like even further out from where they actually are where people are just attracted to coming and watching and like looking at all these women together being like strong and moving together and being kind and helpful and creative and awesome and you're just like it, wow, it just blows everyone's minds and it's infectious. And so I think, I don't know, for me, my decision to be part of parkour, like there'll be years where I don't have time because I have kids and professor and university, it's a lot of work, but, um, but I do it as much as I can. And I think, you know, for me, my decision to be in the, in the movement or not, isn't, isn't really a decision because until there are more women in parkour, I feel like I almost have like an obligation to like bring people in. So I'm going to be hosting like probably three or four workshops 
workshops between now and November 11th, which is the event date for people in whoever find themselves in Sacramento. And we're going to be advertising through UC Davis Health um, through some like in-kind support from them. So we appreciate that. And yeah, so it's not a decision really, Craig. It's it's how many how many women can get into the field, into the sport, and then I can go back to doing it by myself. <laughs> that, I think uh, that's a I was going to say housekeeping. The event is free. We haven't mentioned that yet, um, but they do ask that you please pre-register. It would be great. I mean, honestly, if 10,000 women showed up, you'd be like, this is the most <laughs> awesome disaster that has ever happened in the history ever. Um, but please go register if you're going. Um, but Adrian, you were going to say. Yes. Um, and that's maybe at the end of this, we can just run through those reminders of where people we'll do can the find bullets. more information. Stay yes. tuned. <laughs> Um, but no, I was, as Alice was talking, I was just thinking it'd be really fun, um, to hear maybe each of our introductions to the event, what our first experience was, um, mm -hmm. with the women's jam. Cause I think we all have a different, um, first experience and I, I don't know that I've actually heard, um, each of yours. So Gabby, I'd love to hear when you were first introduced to the jam. Nicely and, dodged. And she says, going. here's a great question. And she lobs it to Gabby. Go, I'll ahead. Answer <laughs> Go Gabby. <laughs> I feel like it's weird to ask myself a question. <laughs> um, so the question when the first time I ever went to a women's net. Yeah. Okay. So it was, boy, I don't remember what year now. It was the Denver Boulder one, 15 or 16 maybe. Um, and I had heard rumors of this women's national jam for years. I started parkour maybe nine years ago so I don't know maybe it had been two or three years that I'd heard rumors of this event and then finally I go I'm not waiting anymore I'm going and I said <laughs> I found all the girls in my community I said I'm going to this if you want to come I'll meet you there and um, I don't know I didn't necessarily have expectations for the event um, but I did know we host an international jam in San Francisco. So I know generally what it's like to have multiple communities come together. Um, so I kind of, maybe that was my expectation was that that big family feeling. However, that is not what it felt like. It was completely different. It was not multiple communities coming together. It was every single woman who decided to come to this event training together in a moment where we all felt fully empowered and never had to fight for a spot to train. And um, it completely changed my opinion. I never, I don't think I thought that there shouldn't be women's spaces, but having that moment at the event, realizing how strong women are when we are together, that's when I said, there's no more excuses. We have to have a women's community now in San Francisco. That's it. I'm fighting for it because um, it's something really, really special. I, I don't know if I can even explain it completely, but it's really special what it feels like at the Women's Jam. It also begs the question, why would you have to explain it? I'm, it's not, I think uh, I appreciate before, that. <laughs> before we pressed record, we were, at, we were talking about like, well, what's the point? Like, what do I want to get out of this? What are we doing? And one of the things I said was the Movers Mindset Project, the podcast in particular, is about creating platform. I'm interested in who people are, what they do, and why they do it. And then I don't want to ask them to like, tell me like, to, you must tell me why. I, I just mean like, what drew you to that? So that's the perfect answer. You don't have to explain why you want the space that you want. Thanks. <laughs> and putting Adrian on the hot seat. Sure. So 
I think I must have started training around the same time as Gabby. Um, I think it's been about nine or 10 years. Um, and I started um, same as Alice in Washington, DC at, at American Parkour Academy. And quickly after starting, um, I made friends with the, maybe the only other two women at the gym at the time. There might've been one or two others who came through irregularly, but um Kate Miller and, and Melanie Hunt were the ones that I saw the most often. And uh, we got together and said, we, you know, we love parkour. We want we assume other women will love doing it too, but we're not seeing them. Uh, so we started doing a, a free monthly jam for women just in the DC area. And that was pretty soon after I started. And then I found out about the national women's jam and that was in 2013, I think, in New York. And so I went to that with, um, I might have gone with a, another couple people from DC. And Somebody was, enabled, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And it was amazing. I'd never experienced such a large group of women doing a sport like that before. And, you know, we all... Um, I think we were sleeping in a in this tiny gym and uh, running around the city, doing activities, getting to know each other, getting dirty, trying new things, um, and it was just so much fun. And I, I mean, similar to what Gabby said, it it just felt like such an empowered and and safe space, and I didn't feel like I needed to um, really fight for my right to be there or, you know, my spot in the, in the line to try a challenge or anything like that. And I, and I felt like I could see myself in the people around me and therefore um, be able to try the things that they were doing and, and likewise share what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah, I just, I wanted to get more involved in that. And, you know, years later I, I helped host the, that traveling jam in Washington DC in 2019, which was the last in-person jam that we, that we did. Um, and I'm just really excited to, to be working with Alice and Gabby to keep this space alive and, and bring it to a new city this year. Let me ask a, a, a fork in the road, you know, question <clears throat> do, and maybe each of you answer this separately. I don't know. Uh, do you feel like today, like right now in this recording, do you feel like you are, are drawn to talk to the people who know what parkour, you know, like I would say my peeps, you know, like you've got, there are people out there all over the country who you hope show up. They know what it is. They're like, shut up and take my no money, right? Like they want to just go. Do you feel compelled to talk to those people or do you feel compelled to talk to the people who went par what, you know, like they have no clue or they've like, they've been to one class in a local community and they're not sure that this is the step they should take next. Um, Cause those feel like two different callings. Do you see what I'm saying? And I'm just wondering if you feel called the one versus the other, but I'm not trying to cut this short. I'm just like, which, what's, which way is the weather vane pointing today for you? I think that's one of the beautiful things about the event is it's, and parkour itself is it's really open to everyone. We, I don't think we particularly target any one audience. We certainly, I think there's certain individuals who've been coming to the event almost every year and they love it. And, you know, there's a lot of people who've been doing parkour for many years, they come and enjoy it. And there's a lot of people who are brand new. I think that's one of the beautiful things about 
having a traveling event is that people from that area can try this sport we all love so much in with really easy access. Um, it's right next to them. Um, but G- Gabby Ellis, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Um, I, I guess I do. So I love to, I love to teach parkour to beginners. <laughs> it's like, that's one of our things with SF Parker. We have monthly beginners classes and that's like, it's a staple in how I grew up in parkour is teaching to beginners. So having the opportunity to have a beginner at the WPKM would be something I would love to see. However, I don't know if it's always happening because I think uh, women often have the tendency to discount themselves like, oh, I've only trained for a year. Maybe I'm not good enough to go to this event. So um, thank you for giving us this opportunity because I want to say, hey, if you've only trained one day, if you haven't trained at all, like, come, we'll, we'll teach you. It'll be fun. So <laughs> I think it would literally be the best place to start on your first day. Like, I can't imagine where you could start that would be better. <laughs> In fact, Craig, um, I we had discussed, um, and this may come up later, maybe you had on your docket, but the question of are men allowed um, at the at the event? And um, one idea that we had was to have a um, intro parkour workshop for people in Sacramento who had never heard of it and that that would be open to anyone. So that the men who happen upon an intro parkour class at the women's parkour movement annual gathering um, would be like a really powerful experience for those men because how often are you like a minority as like a a male uh, bodied person in um, a class that's for fitness for parkour no less and have like you know tons and tons of like really strong female movers around you like I bet that'd be like a very unique experience so I don't know have we if we decide for sure we're going to do that, but that was one idea that we had. And that was one, um, I don't know. You guys think we should do she it? She says into the recording. What do you think? <laughs> you kind of made yeah. thing, but. <laughs> Or did Gabby or um, Adrian, did you want to elaborate on that question too, just while we're on it of um, like, who's welcome at the Yeah, event? it's certainly something we've talked a lot about. And I think, you know, obviously, as a community, we discuss these issues of inclusivity within parkour. We also do not exist in a bubble. You know, we're heavily influenced by what's happening in the wider culture around us in the U.S. and around the world. So I think every year the atmosphere changes a little bit depending on what's going on in the world. Um, but overall, I think at least my perspective is as long as there's still a demand for it, then I will keep trying to create women's spaces with anyone else who wants to do that. And I think there's been some, controversy might be too strong a word, but maybe, Um, there's been some disagreement in past years about whether having a women's only space is a good thing, both from men and women. And um, I think, you know, I can understand if like there are some people who've who've never felt out of place, who don't understand the need for it. Um, there are some people who who think it uh, ends up excluding people. Um, and I would just say that 
regardless of how you might personally feel about it, there are people who want it and therefore it should exist. You know, there's, there's still a demand for it. There, there, you know, I think with the Queen City documentary coming out recently, I think that really helped show a lot of people in the community that there is really a strong need and desire for these safe spaces for minorities in our community. Um, and it's not to say that women shouldn't train with men at all. Um, they definitely should. Um, it's just that there is a different vibe when you're training with people who look like you and who move like you. And I think I still really see the benefit of, of having this space, this safe space. Um, and, uh, yeah, and we can train, you know, with the rest of the community at other times. <laughs> So I also just want to get us out of the um, gender binary that I think we've fallen into a little bit and and acknowledge that um, trans women are, of course, welcome at this event as are non-binary folk. So um, I think for me, you know, being at the women's jams and to answer your question, I think the first time I actually made it to one, it was in Seattle in 2015. And I had given birth to my daughter a week before or maybe even like five days. She was teeny tiny and I was still like fresh you know what i mean so it was rough like looking around and seeing like 120 amazing women like training and all i could do to get there for like an hour to hang out at volunteer park while they're like jumping on the trees and i'm just like oh my god that looks so fun <laughs> right but um but right and then and then i got to go you know the next year and, and years after that so it's been a wonderful experience but um you know, I guess, uh, so that was just sort of to, to answer your question, Adrian, but, but I think for me more, more so than looking like me or having the same experience as me or being able to move like me, it's about having body empathy. And I think empathy for the experience of being a woman or woman bodied person or woman identified person, um, in a space that is culturally very, um, focused on traits of movement and personality and ways of being that are rooted in, in some cases, not all um, toxic, but masculinity in general. Um, and, you know, that is power, that is speed, that is height, that is strength, that is big muscles and big jumps and and that is what is valued by and large in the community and what i really appreciate about the women's parkour movement and associated gatherings is that it tends to be a more generally inclusive place for different types of movers or bodies or you know persons who don't really fit that model of you know somebody who's on a famous parkour team and you know are professional athletes and have you know crazy YouTube videos and famous tricks that they've done in certain places. For me, the women's parkour movement space is much much more about the feeling of being accepted and valued for what it is and who it is that you are and whatever you're bringing to the table even somebody who can jump you know half as far as i can if i see them breaking a jump or i see them overcoming a mental barrier or an emotional barrier or something that is holding them back that they break through that can inspire me to do something else entirely different that i'm working on just by seeing them 
face that fear or face that barrier and just overcome it. And I think for me, that's what's been the most powerful and wonderful thing about being at this event. I think the best way I've ever heard it described when you're in a community that that has those features is the culture of effort versus the culture of accomplishment. Um, and that's what I was, that's what was coming up for me when you were talking about that, about like, how would I assess this situation that, you know, arbitrary random person, how would I assess this situation I find myself in? Oh, I see people who are trying. I see people who are being honest about who they are. And, oh, I see people who are valuing that behavior. And <clears throat> I, I haven't ever been to the, either the, the previous name of the crime. I haven't been to any of them. Um, but it sounds to me like you've got the right, um, you've got the right DNA, not just the right, like, oh, the event works really great. And it's not just, it works great. And you have no idea why it works great. It seems to me because you know what would go into making that space exist. So uh, kudos for that. Not that, not that my opinion matters at all, but it often falls to me to talk. What's, um, Gabby, what's coming up for you about the types of movement that you would like to create? So if you imagine, you know, day of or days of, um, if you imagine, you know, you, you're kind of stepping back literally and you're like looking at what's going on, what, what do you want to see physically embodied in the space? Um, that's an interesting question. I want to see, um, women who or um i don't know if i should say women but female identifying people um who feel confident and empowered to move the way they want to move um i think like alice was just saying that parkour well luckily parkour is changing but parkour initially was these big power moves and something that's great in the female community is that we have something different to offer. Sure, we can do power moves if we want to, and we have to train hard for it, but we can do it. Um, but we can do like rail balance, we can do flow, and whatever feels good for your body to move, that's what I wanna see at the event, is women to feel confident and empowered to move that way. And to play. Yes. I think play is so key. And I think I, I love seeing the play. And I mean, if, if there's anyone who I think of when it comes to play, well, Brandy, because we used to just play and be super duper silly at Parkour Visions um, for many years. But also, um, you know, Julie Angel and her sort of focus on playing Caitlin, you know, Pontrello, Adrienne mentioned earlier, um, you know, her whole thing is about you know, adults remembering to play and, um, you know, other folks at Parkour Visions. And, and that, I think, I just love it, seeing women be playful together. And that, that I just love. Is that raised eyebrow for me to answer now? <laughs> no, that's just me letting the silence do the work. But if you have something else you want to riff <laughs> off that, you can certainly go ahead. Um, no, I mean, I think I, I agree with Gabby and Alice. I think the, the best thing about jams, any kind of jam, um, is just uh, seeing everyone come together. I, I particularly, I always explain this to outsiders, muggles, non-parkour people. <laughs> uh, Are we using that word? No, we have uh, to cancel uh, muggle because that's... J.K. Rowling is a transphobe. 
Yeah. And also that's in-group versus out-group speak. But well, anyway, I know what you yeah. mean. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, no, I only use it because I've, I've heard it in the past um, as a joke. But uh, I've said it too. I know. <laughs> I love that word. It's a yeah. shame. It's a damn shame. But translates is a damn shame too. So, <laughs> yes. Um, so I've gotten off track now. Um, Sorry. <laughs> uh, that's all right. Um, so yes, I um, I like the word jam, and I think it actually really helps explain parkour to people who have not done parkour yet, um, because it a lot of people, though they might not understand parkour, understand music um, or have heard of musicians getting together and jamming, um, like jazz, for example. And so I always explain my parkour practice to people by using that word and saying, yeah, you know how musicians get together, they jam, they, um, you know, they riff off each other. That's essentially what we do in parkour. We get together, we jam, we play ideas off of each other. We move in sync. We, you know, move in different ways alongside each other. And I think that is a, a beautiful way of describing what is happening at a jam. And I'm just excited to to see that again because we haven't been able to have too many in person jams over the last couple of years. What else, Alice? I was it maybe 2017. <clears throat> you did a presentation at one of the art of retreats about representation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that's uh, Craig does math as a five years ago. <laughs> oh no, time flies. Uh, do you have any <laughs> sense? I don't know. I don't know how like closely you're trying to keep your finger on the pulse of representation levels i'm just wondering if there's anything very rare i get a chance to say to somebody who did a really deep you know deeply thought out discussion led you know organizational presentation that i get a chance to talk to them five years later and say have you thought about those same things anymore like have you sensed any change because there were things that i know you talked about that are like yes men think this but it actually turns out that women's ideas of what would help the community is different and i'm just wondering like hey here's a chance to like ask alice anything you see different five years later you know it's a weird time to it's not just any five years you know i'm a scientist so i have a phd and and so anyone who's sort of been interested in this be like i don't want to know how to do it oh my god she must be brilliant because she figured out this like airtight scientific study it's because i actually trained for many years um in academia for for that so i just in my spare time did this this analysis first well it's a two-part thing it was actually one year at art of retreat i did a presentation and sort of like uh, well I'll, i'll back up in order to track how many women there are in parkour you have to make a lot of assumptions and you have to make a lot of compromises in terms of the accuracy and precision of what you're measuring. Because at any given time, am I in the parkour community? I haven't trained in a year. I don't know. I have YouTube videos, so I guess that means I'm in it forever. I don't know how the, how to even define in-group, out-group. Are you in parkour? Are you not? I don't know. It's I waffle on it, right? I'm a ping pong in and out, kind of. Um, but I'm always like there, right? Because freestyle walking. Um, but, but I feel like... Um, for me, the best measure of how you might um, quantify the number of women who are active in the parkour community is looking at what are called um, small samples. If you can't measure the whole population, you take a sample of that population, you measure it. So I would look at the, um, the photos of national 
parkour jams around the country. Um, the SFI jam, so in San Francisco, um, the uh, the uh, Northwest um, jam in Seattle, and I'm sorry if I forget the name, but PKB would put it on, so that's really embarrassing that I can't remember. And then Beast Coast <laughs> on the East Coast, where I, so I sort of have like three, you know, representative, um, somewhat representative uh, jam locations, and then I would count. And because I was like in the parkour community, I pretty much knew all the women, and then I could like point them out and then just count everybody else. And there may have been some errors in there, non-binary folks that I didn't know about, whatever. But by and large, when you sort of combine lots of different samples from different locations, you combine all those data, you can get a sort of estimate. So I estimated about 13% of people who are quote unquote active in the parkour community by measurement of um, five years of photographs of these national jams, um, or three years, I think I looked at. And uh, in general, yeah, 13% of the parkour community um, is women, or women identified people at that time. So we had a conversation about that at our retreat. Um, and then I was interested to learn more. So I put together a survey and then lots of folks answered from around the country, answering questions, as you said, Craig, about, you know, their feelings about women's spaces and women parkour com community and what needs to happen, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and there's basically two main things that I learned through this whole process. Oh, and then I presented the results of the survey at another workshop at Art of Retreat, and we had a, a design thinking style workshop with small groups and people did some activities. And it was it was a really cool experience, and I learned a lot. And I think the main thing five years later is that this isn't a random sample of a five years in time. This is COVID we're talking about. This is like jams haven't happened so how can i even collect data unless gyms are keeping track and that would be again a different measure so not necessarily comparable and i think you know for me with having three kids in the house and they all school age and just having started being a professor at uc davis like you know i don't obviously have time to go out and do parkour even on my own let alone participate in, in the community so my sense is that there have been a lot fewer women active in the parkour community because of covid because you know covid disproportionately impacts women who have family care responsibilities you know either parent or child care or whatever or sibling care right lots of people have been affected by the pandemic so you know it's not really a fair question in the last five these last five years um but i would say you know in general it's the same it's it's the same issues and and when you you mentioned different perspectives of men and women i think women did say that they wanted all women's spaces that women's jams women's spaces um would be important um and you know women's classes but interestingly the men almost never seem to think that a solution might include something that doesn't include them your recollection is correct um I'll put a, put a pin in this. If people go to Medium, you know, medium.com and search for Alice B as in, oh, crud, I don't know Beecher. your middle name. Beecher. Say it again? Beecher. Beecher. Alice B Beecher as stuff. in Beecher. Popejoy, you wrote up a beautiful article that goes over all of the stuff that you just summarized. There are like graphs and circles and arrows and paragraphs in the back of each one. There's all the details are there. So I recommend if you're interested in what's going on and this difference in perspective that we're that we're both just mentioning here, it's all spelled out as best as you could put, you know, brackets and numbers on it. It's all spelled out. Definitely good reading if that's interesting you. I'm going to so, add something real quick to what Alice is talking about. I do... Uh, I do think women have been impacted by COVID. I do also think I see more women doing parkour now on social media than I ever have. However, 
I'm going to mm-hmm. add a caveat here. I'm not sure if it's that the ratio of women to men is expanding so much as it is the amount of people doing parkour is expanding. Um, and But another little tangent here, what I think is great is that people are now interested in raising the voices or raising the movement of women athletes, female athletes. So there's a lot more reshares of women doing parkour than I think I've ever seen before. And I think that's a really great place to be in right now because uh, like we've all said, representation is really important. If people start seeing women do parkour, then the little girl or anybody can say, oh, wow, maybe I can do that too. And then we can get more people into the community. Mm-hmm. It's That's a good spot. You know, I wonder... Yeah, that's a really... Go ahead. You just talk over each other. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we all stop. No, I think um, that's a really good point, Gabby, and something that um, came a lo- up a lot. And I will shamelessly plug an article that I recently wrote here. Um, <laughs> I spent a few months uh, researching the history of women's participation in parkour competitions and interviewing different event organizers, competition organizers, and putting together kind of a chronicle of the history so far and the different decisions people have made around equal prize money and generally um, how women are included in parkour competitions. Um, And something that was brought up was that a ratio question of, well, there's definitely more women doing parkour now than there were before. And there's more people in general doing parkour now. So Mm -hmm. has that ratio actually shifted or, you know, everyone, lots of more people um, are doing parkour period uh, and, you know, women and, and non-binary folks are still the, the minority. Um, so, it, you know, we're still trying to figure out how to make sure that that inclusion is happening. How can I find that this, article if I want to read it? It is on medium.com uh, slash at Adrienne Tumayan, I believe. <laughs> Alice, you were going to say something before? Is it still in your head? Yeah. um, So I was actually thinking as Gabby was talking, what other sort of non-random sample effect we're having with this more likes and shares of of women doing parkour? Because I agree with you, there are are more now that I've seen, but it's still a very limited number of women, you know, female movers that I see shared over and over again. And I also was wondering to what extent the Me Too movement had an uh, had a sort of spike impact where parkour companies and just people in general are feeling or were feeling compelled to lift up women not because they suddenly felt like that was an important thing to do um, or that it would have a, a positive impact on women in the community or the community as a whole but in order to sort of boost their own self-image or to at least or to send a signal like hey i really care about women in parkour we care about diversity too look at us right but i think you know it's it's interesting it's not to say that that's a bad thing right it's a very good thing that people are paying attention and saying oh wow like we should promote women so people know that we're not anti-women right um but i think that's that's a very big trend and you know the same well two thoughts here i want to draw the analogy here between sort of sexism and racism and how it's not being not anti-women 
is not the same as being pro women and supporting women and doing things to like you're doing, creating a space or a platform or uplifting women. And not to say, I'm going to have a women's jam or a women's class, but I'm going to organize it as a man. And I'm going to do this. I'm going to be the hero and save the day and get all these women involved. It's saying, here's a space for women to come and do parkour. I'm going to do all the work and invest to, to create that opportunity. And then I'm going to leave because it's not for or about me, actually, you know, as a, as a man, it's about, it's about the women. So, and I think the same is true, um, you know, with, with anti-racism versus not racism. A lot of people want to make sure they're not perceived as racist, but, but it's not enough to just be not racist. It's about being anti-racist and what can I do to actively combat racism? And it's the, you know, it's just the same idea, but interestingly, and this is I Ibram Kendi, who is a, you know, sort of famous anti-racist activist and historian scholar. Um, he talks about anti-racism being about outcomes and what is, you know, what is the result? And even if something was done with bad intentions, if that result is an anti-racism result, that is where racism is reduced or diminished in some way, that that's anti-racism and that's what's good about it. So I think to bring it back to the Me Too effect, if it is in fact at play, um, whether parkour companies and other folks are sharing more female movement because they feel guilty or because the Me Too movement kind of made them want to boost their own image by doing that. I don't really care though what the reason is. The fact that it's happening and we're seeing more of it is a good thing. So, you know, if the outcome is positive, then, then it's positive and it's pro-women and parkour and I'm for it. I just hope it continues beyond this time bubble and that it, it continues to grow and accelerate and people see the positive impact on the community of having more women in the space and then are compelled to share women movers online because they actually value that kind of movement or value that kind of media at like for their own consumption and not for some ulterior motive. Society moves slowly, right? But there's the normalization <laughs> thing. Like once something begins to become normalized, then somebody mentioned, you know, the proverbial small child before about like, oh, well, people can do that. Well, that's what actually I want to do. And then, you know, like, -da, like it once somebody goes first, whatever we're talking about, then that that tends to normalize. So uh, that's the, you, the CMD effect. That... Yes. <laughs> yeah, that Julie Angel um, promoted for a while. But um Oh no, the thought, where did, oh yes, the point I wanted to make before, um, when Alice was talking, um, I also just wanted to emphasize that in addition to sharing um, videos of, of different people in the community um, who don't normally have a platform or haven't, um, I don't, I don't want to say normally, haven't traditionally had a um, big platform, that's awesome. And it's great to see more and more different kinds of movers because of that see and do effect. And I think one of the big pieces that often gets lost in these conversations um, is leadership roles and actually raising people up into a, a yes. position where they have a stronger voice in the community. So hiring women and people of color and non-binary folks, trans, I mean, when I say women, I'm including anyone who identifies as a woman, just to be clear, that's our policy. Um, but uh, the, you know, making sure that 
your your board, your leadership roles in your company, your panel of judges at competition, your event organizers, all of these positions are not, sorry, just white men <laughs> um, and are lots of different kinds of people who come from different socioeconomic backgrounds. You know, again, people of color, different genders across the spectrum. So you can bring all these different perspectives into it and have more diversity across the board in the decisions that are being made for the community, not just, look, there's other people moving. <laughs> Gabby, it looked like you had something else you wanted to jump I, in. You I do want to jump in. Um, I'm afraid that this is going to come off a little aggressive, but I, it's just something that's been sitting with me for a long time. So I feel like I have to say it, but, um, and I'm addressing this to the men, like we're talking about getting women into decision-making processes. That means that you have to drop your ego and your pride just a little bit to let us have a voice because that seems to be the spot where we always run into they say oh we'll put you here you're part of the community but when it comes to the conversation and we have an opinion they say oh yeah i don't i don't really because it wasn't your idea i'm sorry no like <laughs> just listen for a second because we do have good ideas sometimes too <laughs> and also if you are hosting a women's class at your gym and you are coaching and they are your students, do not sleep with them. <laughs> also, <laughs> it's a shame that it needs to be said, but I happen to know for a fact it needs to be said. And the person who's the most offended listening to this, sorry, not sorry. That's why they leave your class. I would. Because you sleep with them and then they're uncomfortable. And oh my God, why is this happening? I don't know. I would Shocker. also like to say, <laughs> I don't want to. Yeah, if you're answers. if you're also coaching women as a, a man, you should be encouraging. Um, I I know men who have taught women's classes who said women can only get good to a certain point and they'll never get better. Why are you teaching a class for women? But their favorite cue is <laughs> yeah, and their favorite cue is get your hips up, yeah. more power. It's like if I had a nickel for every time some dude walked by and was like, get your hips up, I'd be a rich if you, fucking woman. If you want to be here for women and you want to support us, Thanks. actually support us. Don't just think, oh, I'll get you to that spot and never push you further. Like actually support women in the community if that's what your goal is. Yeah, I think just a, a you know a little bit of empathy and reflection goes a long way. Like one of my favorite things, I think I heard a comic say this once was, if you wouldn't say it to a fellow man, don't say it to that woman. <laughs> like just take a step back and and you know those comments of like oh like the surprise when when somebody you didn't think would be good is good at parkour, you know, like Gabby, I know you've shared that, that you've had men be surprised with it's, your power. It's like, the compliment. It's yeah. both like, oh, yay, you think I'm strong, but also like, oh, that came with an asterisk of like, oh, I'm surprised you're good because the compliment. you're a woman. So there's, I, you just compliment with exception is not a compliment. Georgia Monroe talked yeah. about that too. Compliment with an exception is not a compliment. Yeah, it doesn't feel as good. You don't say that's the yeah Georgia Monroe yeah Georgia Monroe was on here dude yeah I've seen her videos and I'm like damn not because she's a woman because she's just like objectively strong and like has crazy amounts of power which is awesome to see but yeah I think that that same thing it's just like if you don't if if you're surprised because it's just like in general and you would be shocked and like stoked for someone if they did that anyways then you know go ahead and be shocked and stoked. But if it's like 
you and your homies have been doing something with like a you know twice the distance and then you know some female mover is doing you know their own thing but like similar and not even near what you were accomplishing and you act shocked and like really congratulatory it's actually kind of demeaning you know what i mean like just do your own thing like as i said i don't want to move around other people anyway it makes me really uncomfortable so if you're watching me and commenting on me like you can guarantee i'll be gone in like less than a minute and you won't see me anymore <laughs> i think this um, I think this really brings us back around to why this event is so important is these, you know, these things don't happen in every community, um, but they do happen and they happen more than people think. And that is why having spaces like this is so important because we can just relax a little bit. We know walking into it that we're not going to get those comments, those, you know, like weird, not really a compliment compliments, um, the unsolicited advice, the didn't ask to be hit on moments, like all of those things, you know, being sexualized for taking your shirt off and working out in a sports rock because it's hot out, even though all the guys aren't wearing, like, there's so many things that people don't realize that, you know, women, female identifying folks have to deal with on a regular basis. And it's just so nice to have a space where we just, we just don't have to think about all of that. And we can just like, take a deep breath and just be in our own space. Uh, just be. <laughs> well, as much as we could probably talk for another 52 minutes. Um, I guess I will just say, and of course the final question, three words to describe your practice. I don't know if you're going to play rock, paper, scissors to figure out who goes first, or if you want to go by alphabetical by first name. We put Adrian in the hot seat. Yeah, I'm, I, I, oh, Adrian, go ahead. Go, Alice. You can, if you're ready to jump. Okay, jump. go ahead, okay. Alice. All right, let's go spontaneous, freedom, embodied. Um, I'm going to go with uh, play community and empowerment. Awesome. I would say creativity, flow, expression. And as we wrap up, I just want to plug all the event details one more time for folks listening. Um, so you can find more information about the event at womensparkourmovement.org. There is a registration site. Again, the event is free for everyone to attend. Um, it is open to all women and non-binary folk. Um, so go onto the website and find the registration form so that we know you're coming and can plan ahead for the number of people. Um, but it is free and you can find hey, us Adrian, on what if I... Sorry, what if I can't come, but I really want a t-shirt? Can I do that? Alice, I'm getting there. <laughs> oh, sorry. Well, but people who no can't worries. come, I just log off now or the press stops. Fair enough. But our voices are so wonderful to listen to. They should wait until the very end. Um, yes, no, Alice has a great point. If you can't come, but you still want to support the event, you can go to the website again, womensparkourmovement.org. There is a support us tab and you can either donate directly or you can buy one of these awesome shirts, um, that were designed, uh, per WPKM tradition with the host city in mind. 
um, and our awesome designer, uh, Marta, made these uh, shirts for us this year. So thank you to her. Um, so yeah, go on the website, order a t-shirt directly, tag us in your pictures and training clips wearing the shirts. We want to see them. And um, yeah, you can find us on all the socials, Women's Parkour Movement and anything else. You haven't said I think the date, which is mates. November 11th <laughs> through the 13th of this year, Thank 2022. You, in Sacramento. Yes, in Sacramento. Yay. That's the capital of California, in case you didn't know. And uh, the California poppies are featured oh, yeah, prominently. In other states. Cool, cool, cool. Um, All right. Yeah. Ladies, it was a pleasure to get to uh, meet you, talk to you again, and talk to you virtually. So I will just say thanks so much for taking the time. It was a distinct Thank you. pleasure. Thank thanks, you, Craig. Craig. Bye. <laughs>